no money in poetry That's what sets a poet free I've had all the freedom I can stand You got your cold dog soup and rainbow pie All it takes to get me by Fool my belly till the day I die Cold dog soup and rainbow pie So the scene is thus. Sean and I are spending our last day in a very tiny, dimly lit room nestled in the technology park of Huntsville, Alabama. Oh, this is a podcast, by the way, guys. This isn't a phone conversation you just tuned into. It's a podcast called Cold Dog Soup, the Mixtape. I'm Rob. That's Larry. Nope, said that backwards. We're very high. (laughs) (laughs) Dang, I got to tell you, before I get into that wonderful soliloquy I was about to go down the road on. Peach rings ain't no joke. If you buy a peach <laughs> ring from a gas station, make sure it's a regular peach ring. Um, because if you buy one that's been synthetically altered, you are in for a 20 hour ride to hell and back. So just be careful out there. Um, but as I was saying, some years ago, Shawnee shit, how many years ago is that now? That's like two, three presidents now. Um, 12 years? It would have been oh, uh, <laughs> it would have been, um, hmm. I'm gonna say 08. 808s and breaks. So yeah, on the long, long ago, Sean and I spent every day. Oh yeah, it was 06. It was 06. It was 06. Nestled at each other's shoulders, mm-hmm. in a very tiny room, supposedly doing technical support. Never, never flirting with people on GChat. Never ne- flirting with friends on GChat. Never sexually harassing coworkers, male and female. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Male and female. Equal ops, equal ops. Never doing any of that. Um, but Shawnee was leaving on the first thing smoking to DC. Everything was going to work out fine. His big man had won the campaign, and there's no way that guy was going to repu- become a Republican in 15 days. None of that's possible at was, this point. It was like 12 months. <laughs> at this point in the story, none of that's possible. And as Shawnee walks out, he waves goodbye. I push a button on my mouse keyboard, and this song plays. And it was very sad. And we would repeat that later in the week <laughs> as he <laughs> left for good with another song that we've probably surely talked about on here. Yeah. Um, but this song from a little band run by the name of Modest Mouse, mm. um, which somehow is incredibly important for a lot of reasons in my life. Are they my favorite band? No. Um, But are they the band that I wish I was in? Yes. If I was to start a band, it would have been Modest Mouse. That is the one that I want to be in. And I, to this day, can't explain why that is. Um, I can see you, if you were were a frontman, mm -hmm. let's be honest, you'd be a frontman. Oh, without question. I'd get like, kicked out of any band I didn't front. It'd be a problem. Like you would, you would just, you would be the show off um, lead guitarist mm-hmm. if you, mm-hmm. if you were not. I see you as like an Isaac Brock. Yeah, yeah. I, I think maybe it is the you know. There's there's really cool guitar parts. There's disco drums. Um, there is a Tom Waits vibe somewhere in there. Um, it, it also it shows up later on the record. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And though. Um, uh, the Devil's Work Day is just a Tom Tom Waits song. Yeah, that's um, all it is. 
there are times where that band really sounds like they could have backed up Michael Jackson, which is you know, formative for me. So yeah, yeah, they're the band that I wish that I was in. Um, and I also didn't know they existed until I was dating the woman that I would eventually be married to for 15 years. Um, I, and I, I vividly remember the first time I heard of the first Modest Mouse song I've heard, which was Lives. I was like, what the fuck? is this, this changed everything. Excuse me, ma'am. Ma <laughs> what is happening to me? I might've heard, I might've heard Modest Mouse and Centromatic for the first time, perhaps back to back Ooh. on a mix CD. The strong one-two punch. Yeah, hell yeah. It's, 50, it, it's good for 15 years. It'll get you 15 years out of me if you can pull <laughs> that trick off. So any of you ladies out there looking to pull the double, um, that's the one. And I remember very distinctly, single owner, um, when this record came out, I didn't know that it was coming out and we just happened to be watching, uh, here's something kids called MTV. They showed music videos back in the day. Hey, um, hack joke. Um, but this, this song came on and it was, it was float on is, is the song that came on. I was like, what again, what the fuck is this? Who is this? And then at the end it rolls the Chiron and says, Hey, it's Modest Mouse. Like, oh shit, it's Modest Mouse. And we immediately got in a car to go buy a physical copy of this new Modest Mouse record. <laughs> you see kids back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> and then drove around Huntsville, Alabama, listening to this record. And I've loved them ever since. I don't go super deep with anything prior to that. I know I'm opposed to, but you know, that some of that stuff is hit or miss. Um, and I'm, I'm able to, to rattle this stuff off so quickly on this podcast because I just did this podcast a couple days ago in the shower with myself, just thinking and talking about Modest Mouse. Uh, so nothing new, nothing new there. But Float On is not the song we're doing today because my God, that's easy. That's easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Everybody knows that. Too easy. Shani, what was, what was your first experience with this weirdo wackadoodle band? Uh, it was, it was float on. I remember somebody that like, <clears throat> I thought was really pretentious, loved the hell out of it when I was in Tuscaloosa. So I just kind of stayed away from it, even though I liked the band. Have you ever been in that situation? And most of the time. <laughs> like, <clears throat> it's not so much that you like a band, it gets popular and you're like, well, I was on the ground floor and now I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be one of these suckers. It's, I've, I've heard this song twice or three times and I like it but I refuse, to, I refuse to move forward in my relationship with this band because Brad likes this band. Absolutely. Will not, no, no, there are several bands. Um, Arcade Fire is a band that oh, yeah. will not, I could will not enjoy. I do enjoy some of their stuff. I'm not gonna get in there and splash around with all of it, but I don't hate them, but I could never. I could they, never. They toured with Talking Heads and St. Vincent for years. How do you think I feel? Yeah, I, yeah I, it hurts I, you. I, I still it hurts. Just won't do it. No. And there are some people, there are some bands that are geared toward people like that. And it really, really hurts you. Um, I'll never, D Dave Matthews is a wonderful guitarist. I mean, he is an amazing guitarist. I'll never know that deeply because I couldn't possibly. I just couldn't. Possibly. In interviews, he's not that bad of a guy. He's uh -uh. not that like annoying or uh -uh. head up his ass. Nope. Seems um, like he's fine, but can't do it. Um, but the song we are talking about today is Blame It on the Teton. It's off of Santana's Supernatural. <laughs> Dave Matthews. Dave Matthews and Santana uh, on a song called The One That's Not the Rob Thomas One. <laughs> it's called Love of My Life. 
yet again, another record I somehow never had. Looked at it, said, mm, no, I've got a guana party. I don't need this record. <laughs> um, it is called Blame It on the Tetons, the song that we're doing today. Um, <clears throat> for me, Modest Mouse, it was... Uh, it, especially this album, Good News for People Who Love Bad News, is it's what overpowered my preconceived notions of the band. This album's too good to let dickheads liking it uh, take it out of your life. <laughs> it, it, just, it just is. Like, it is, it is the mark of a great record for me is one that I've had, that every song on it has been my favorite at some point. Like, I think the song Dance Hall is just Dance Hall, Dance Hall every day. And like, I hate songs like that. Yep. I, I, I still don't skip it. No, no, no. We'll skip it. There, I don't need a skip button for, for that record at all. It, it the just view, Satin in a Coffin, like all, it's, 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 a, it's a phenomenal album. Yeah, I just love it. I just um, love it so much. But Blame It on the Tetons is, it kind of starts the last section of that record because it comes right after like a, like a minute long or, 30 second long interlude um, on the record. And it, it is, it just feels like a goodbye song. I don't know why. It does. I don't know why either. And, you know, we were talking in our production meeting six minutes ago um, about, I don't even know if I know what this song means. I know it means things to me, um, but I don't know. We'll, we'll figure out what it means as we go along, but no, there's just something there is something inherent in a Modest Mouse song that is acoustic based that just rips your heart out. I don't know. I bet there's a music theory behind chord structures and all that. I bet it's minor and things like that, but I don't know that right off. But like there is just something in the way that um, they play acoustic guitar that is just, it just destroys you. Um, and this song for them is incredibly stripped down and doesn't try to do a whole lot and it does the a thing that i've all i don't typically like as you were mentioning like dance hall like where they just repeat one thing over and over a thing that i typically don't like is when the end of the song is completely different than every other part of the song which at parts is a modest mouse staple they yeah. do it a great deal yeah for um, sure. but they're the one band who i trust to do it but at the ends of when those songs change they always break your heart with them yeah. <laughs> um, I'm struggling to remember. Um, I'm struggling to remember the one that that I'm thinking of. But there's another one that just that just kills you. By is it by Modest Mouse? Yeah, it is on the next record, and I just cannot place it right now. It'll come to me as we go along. But go ahead and do that stuff you do. <clears throat> uh, blame it on the Tetons by Modest Mouse. Which, I mean, when you really think about it, aren't all mice modest? This must be a really modest mouse. This mouse is incredibly modest. Blame it on the Tetons. Yeah, I need a scapegoat now. <clears throat> I think that's, I think we got to stop because <laughs> I was going to do a stop there, but I, I like that next line so much. I was just going to let it roll. Blame it on the Tetons. Yeah, yeah, I need a scapegoat now. Um, I'm finding three potential actual references. All right, hit me with them. The Lakota Native Americans, also known as the Tetons, yep. meaning prairie dwellers, since they lived on the Great Plains. The Lakota skirmished frequently against the U.S. Army over encroachment of settlers on the Great Plains, blah, 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 blah. Um, it's hard to see how the Tetons could be considered a scapegoat in the historical context. Um, 
Although Modest Mouse has referenced Native Americans in other songs. Tetons, the French word for boobies. This could possibly <laughs> be a reference to the biblical concept of the original sin, wherein uh, Eve ate from the tree of knowledge of good and evil and convinced Adam to do the same, damning humankind's mortality, suffering, and separation from God. Uh, the Teton Mountain Range, part of the Rocky Mountains in North America, named Les Trios Tetons, the three breasts after their appearance, by French explorers. Man, the French were so horny. Oh, horny! I'm getting horny! Really, really though, the Teton Mountain Range is actually named after it because well, the French like, thought it... It's just like the Dolly Parton Bridge going into Mobile. Oh, that is fantastic. The mountain range could act as a metaphorical stand-in for the nature as a whole. Okay, anyway. Where is that mountain in the Rockies? So that one, it's always been the Native Americans to me because I didn't know that the French word for breast was Teton. So I didn't I'm either. learning I that, that right joke. now. Uh, I'm learning that right now. Um, yeah, I've never, I've never searched out what that meant to me. I just know that it creates a feeling. Blame it on the Tetons. Yeah, I need a scapegoat now. No, my dog won't bite you, though it had the right to. You ought to give her credit because she knows I would have let it happen. That is wonderful. That is just a wonderful piece of songwriting. Um, also, the fact that he uses Auda. Like it's completely out of character. Doesn't it doesn't fit, you know, they're Pacific Northwest guys. Um Auda is a word that I just think is completely southern. And his delivery of it is Yada. Just like <laughs> I would say it. <laughs> um, but like my dog won't bite you. But she could have. She had the right to. <laughs> she had the right to. And you know I'm the kind of asshole that wouldn't have stopped her. Something's happening. Something's happening. I do like how he shifted from it to her. Uh-huh. He respects that dog. Blame it on the weekends, God. I need a cola now. Mm -hmm. mm, minus, minus 10 points. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, we mumble loudly. Wear our shame so proudly. Wore our blank expressions trying to look interesting. Again, I don't... It doesn't conjure up a specific thing. I don't know what he's trying to tell me. And what's it, what's happening here? The, mu the music isn't necessarily building or anything. No, like no, no, no. He's he's explaining why something happened in the first part there, and then explaining sort of how that made him feel. And then this this need for a cola immediately sounds like. Um, uh, it reminds me of of the struggling alcoholic in Say It Ain't So. Yeah. Like it, I, it, you go cola first and then in the next, in the last line of that, blame it all on me because God, I need a cold one now. Yeah. Like, is he struggling with like, oh shit, this, I'm being driven to drink again. Or maybe, you know, there's, there's three, uh, there's three tiers of three big titted tears. There's three tiers of of uh, of defcons for for this gentleman. Yeah, um, <laughs> cola. <laughs> defcon def three. Scapegoating Native Americans. Uh -huh. Cola. Cold beer. one. <laughs> and a cold one is definitely a uh, like a bush. Oh, it's not a good beer. Yeah, it's and not you know, war our blank expressions trying to look interesting is just a strong line. 
it belongs it, it it reminds me of everybody who's ever said they actually enjoyed neutral milk hotel are we are, are you are we just are you trying to pick a fight is that where <laughs> we're going here is that what we're doing is i use that happening i use them as a stand-in because it's like hey man did you check the dirty projector show out last night i try to like that band i can't because I've already got Neutral Milk Hotel. I don't need the dirty projectors. <laughs> Look, go. I'm here to tell you right now, Airplane Over the Fucking Sea is great. And it also fits thematically with what we were saying. Yes, everyone who likes it has ruined it. Yeah, yeah. Sure. <laughs> they've, they've destroyed it. But it is wonderful. Um, <clears throat> yeah, it's... Uh, and case in point, I never really put any, uh, put any effort into listening to Neutral Milk Hotel anyway, so... Um, it's one. It's like thirty-eight minutes. It's one record. It's that's not that's even like, hard. That's like a Weezer and a half. <laughs> yeah, but you can quote me chapter and verse from all their bullshit. Oh man, there is a great podcast by the way called Well, not great. The the host is a little rough. It's a little uh, name an eighty Bryant uh, show. Her voice. Um, but there, <laughs> it's called Pump Up the Jams. I don't like that name. Um, and it's uh, it's pump up the jams, right? What's mm-hmm. what's the '80s song? You got it. Okay, pump up the jams. Pump up the jams. Punch up the jams. It's called punch up the jams. <laughs> <laughs> A great Where? plug for our friends over at Punch Up the Yams, a cooking podcast. <laughs> it only comes around once a year, um, and uh, it used to be two two hosts. Now it's one, but they have on guests. Um, and they basically make fun of a song and then they do a better job of punching it up. Like, oh, okay, uh, okay. Like Pat Oswalt would punch up Ratatouille or something. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and man, in their last episode, did they tear apart Weezer. And like both of them are about four or five years younger, if not more than me. So their, their music listening career came after Pinkerton, came after the blue album and they're acting like you know oh yeah weezer got really bad after uh after after the the red album like, wow. <laughs> no bud no 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 we had clocked out everyone else had clocked out by then <laughs> um sorry sorry to go on such a tangent but the song that they cover is beverly hills if you remember that by weezer and what i didn't realize oh, wait, wait, i'm gonna punch up beverly hills right now <laughs> just a gunshot there it is it's that's better <laughs> it's like a bag of sandwiches falling to the ground. <laughs> um, but apparently in, in an interview, Rivers Cuomo like said he was really sad at how the song was received because it was it was received as a parody or as a joke. But I was being really earnest about just let it go, bud. Let you, you ha- <laughs> they gave you a pass. Let it go. <laughs> Fucking Rivers Cuomo. Give me, like, please sing the next stanza. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Blame it all on me, cause God, I need a cold one now. All them eager actors gladly take the credit for the lines created by people tucked away from sight. And that—that—that's a really good line, and the phrasing, jamming all that in there is tough. Yeah, uh, but he does it very well, and like that's i don't know. Again, in the context of the song, I don't know what he's saying, but just as a line about actors and writers it's very well written um the and then idea- and then he's bleed like those two lines two and three bleed together tucked away from sight 
the people tucked away that wrote these lines and also tucked away from sight is just a window from the room we're bound to. That's just fucking good. That's a good trick. I like it. You know what, Modest Mouse? I like you <laughs> in the studio. Um, sight is just a window <clears throat> from the room we're bound to. If you find a way out, oh, would you let me know how? Would you just let me know how? That son of a bitch wants out of something. I don't know what he wants out of. Maybe he's just watching the room by that guy that everybody likes so much. Tommy Wizzo. Got it. <laughs> I knew if I just dangled a little internet carrot in front of you, you'd gobble it right up. No, 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 no. Hey, you're tearing me apart, Lisa. Oh boy. Um, rest of the album is fantastic, and this might be the first time that we've never really like had. I mean, we've been wrong on song interpretations before, but at least we got to somewhere. Yeah, I don't know that. Uh, there's also two more verses to this that you seem to act like you don't know are there. <laughs> so many peacherings. Blame it on the web, but the spider's your problem now. I just a good. I mean, maybe it's just a collection of cool one-liners. Maybe that's why I like it so much. Is each thing kind of takes you off on a tangent to let you think about whatever you want to think about while you're listening to the song. Yeah, blame, blame it on the web, but the spider's your problem now. It's like, hey, man, it is what it is. We're in this mess. Let's fucking deal with what's in front of us. That's yes. how I, I appreciate that. Like, because I, I remember when, actually, par, uh, the big man brought me to D.C. He switched parties. Everybody tried to, like, argue with him. And I'm like, all right, guys, toothpaste is out of the fucking tube. Yeah. Like, we need to, like, we need to figure and, out. Like, that is sort of where this song is taking us. In the beginning, it starts off with a blame game. I yep. need a scapegoat. Then he kind of tells us when it happened. It's the who, what, when, why, and where. This happened on the weekend. I really need a drink. Then he's, you know, setting up all the eager actors who did all this stuff. And then now we're into the action part of, well, lay on the web, bud. But the, the spider's the issue. Let us deal with the spider. Language is the liquid that we're all dissolved in. Great for solving problems after it creates God a problem. damn. That is, I, that's his... That's as good of a line as you can make to, to say that thing. Um, language is a liquid that we're all dissolved. Great for solving problems after it creates a problem. So he said a dumb thing somewhere. And now he ran his mouth a bit too much the other day. <laughs> right. And again, and that's a common theme with his thing is like his mouth gets him into a lot of trouble, especially when he's putting drugs in it and tries to play a live concert. <laughs> But here we are. Language is the liquid that we're all dissolved in. Great for solving problems after it creates a problem. It, it's, it's. I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna push back a little and say it's okay. It's, it's a, it's a good Sean lyric. But like, if you, it's, it's so much better once it's sang. If yes. This was a poem. Well, all poems are awful. One hundred percent of them are bad. <laughs> the thing a poem is is just I don't know how to play an instrument. That's like what a those, poem is. It's like one of those flow charts, like. Are you a poem? Are, yes. yes. Are you, you're bad. You're bad. <laughs> you're bad. Um, but yeah, that is, but I, I think it has to be sung for sure. But I think once it's sung and, and, it, and it, it's also true that I like a thing that's very true and pointed in a song that is clearly um, abstract in ways or he's dancing around something in ways. Here, this is a clear line of, it's the language. I said some dumb shit. Now I'm trying to use the same tool 
to fix the problem that I broke with the tool. It's good for solving problems. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Blame it on the Tetons. Got to need a scapegoat now. He's back to that scapegoat. Exactly. And then the next stanza is my favorite. Is I think the reason I truly love the song. <clears throat> Everyone's a burning building. With no one put the fire out. Standing at the window looking out, waiting for the time to burn us down. <clears throat> Check that again. Everyone's a burning building with you no one to put the fire out. saying it backwards. <laughs> the building is burning. Oh, shit. Everyone's a b- <laughs> building burning with no one to put the fire out. Standing at the window looking out, waiting for time to burn us down. Everyone's an ocean drowning with no one really to show how. They might get a little better air if they turn themselves into a cloud. I hate the last lyric. I don't, yeah, it's stupid. I don't understand that they might get a little air if they turn themselves into a cloud bitter. But the, the two before that, I really dig. And they echo the second part of being stuck, or the third part of being stuck in this room and not being able to get out of it. The building that you are stuck in, the room you're stuck in in the third verse, is now on fire. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, so we have escalated the circumstances here. The room is on fire. It reminds me of the greatest strokes uh, lyric of all time. The room is on fire as she's fixing her hair. Well, you know, if you like that sort of thing, it's a good one. So what's the, what's the final, uh, what's the final verdict here on, uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think it was ever in question, but this actually is a song that I, I will not, pay attention to too often it reminds me of sending you lyrics the thing modest wishing mouse, for one more perfect night with you the thing modest mouse always does to me is this thing that you've just saw them do to me now is i don't i get lost in the sauce with them um I'm so, sauce. I'm so into them sonically that is this both a Zaxby's and a Sonic? It is. We're, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you who we're buying next. Um, but I get so lost in the atmosphere that they create that Dumb I forget songs. to really pay deep attention to the words. Yeah. yeah. And so I wind up not really, I know all the words, but they send me off on a tangent of thought every time I listen to them that it, it's almost like every time I hear the song, it's the first time I hear the song. And so it never really takes specifically. And, you know, everything's abstract with them. Yeah. And I have that issue with Bukowski on this. Yep. Yep. Um, Because it's fun just to fucking sing the song. But, like, it's it's a really funny, like, poignant instance of of songwriting. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But but that is Brock's weird gift is... Like, who would want to be such a control freak talking about God? Yeah, or who'd we want to be such an asshole talking about Bukowski and like the, the, and again, like taking on, like knowing his audience, referencing Bukowski, and mm-hmm. then kind of taking it on like this guy's a bit of a dick, which yeah. obviously he is too. Isaac Brock's a bit of a dick. I was talking to somebody the other day and I was, we were talking about how much I love Modest Mouse. I said, I can't like him because I met him. Like, oh yeah yeah i would never i would never want they to said meet. that or you said that they said that okay. I, said, yeah. I definitely would not want to meet anybody from any of the 15 members of this band like they do so many things that i hate <laughs> there's too many people on stage there are too many people on stage um <laughs> there's the there's the like pixie uh bass player or pixie drummer who is the he looked like uh the the 
there's Tiny Woman looked exactly like Tiny Bass Player from uh, the second iteration of Smashing Pumpkins. Yes, yes, she played the violin. And yeah. we could never hear her because the sound man couldn't get the thing together. God. But their, and their live shows are... The they last clearly I went to before the fucking pandemic. They clearly don't care about serving you what they what you want to be served. They're going to serve you what they want to serve you, which is fine. I respect it, but yeah. it can make for an experience that is less than enjoyable. Um, the other thing they do is, it doesn't matter when a Modest Mouse song came out, it is a hundred percent fair game to come up in any show. Yeah. There is no line. Like I was listening. I, I have, I made a playlist of the show that we saw and I probably don't know 60% of those songs. And like some yeah. of them are from not even full album releases. Like it could be anything that they play. <laughs> and at one point he started playing a song during the show we saw, he started playing it. And then he misstruck a chord and then just waved the band off and said, fuck it, move to the next one. <laughs> like, I'm not going to play this now. So it is that kind of ride with them all the time. They may be the band I like the most that just confuses me that I like them. Because there's so much, if you were, if you gave me a blind resume of two bands. Oh, I love you, blind resumes. And you put up Modest Mouse on one side and we'll say that the other one was, I don't know, fucking Creed. <laughs> if the other one was Creed, the blind resume might lead me to like Creed. Yeah. But for some reason. What would the blind resume say? Would it say just like, hey, you had songs like Float On? Has blind, band number one has 15 members, is from the Pacific Northwest. Band Oof. number two has four members, is from Florida. Band number one will just stop a song in the middle of it. Band number two has a great. A, a great live sound. They produce a great live experience. Band number one has a violin player that they refuse to turn up. Band number two doesn't have a violin player. <laughs> Band number two's uh, lead singer was once uh, catfished at an IHOP in Gainesville, Florida. <laughs> Band number two is really friends with T.I. <laughs> oh, man. Hey, well. It's... Life was saved by T.I. Um so yeah, I don't. Modest Mouse confuses me in a way that I'm not really understanding, but I will listen to everything they put out, and I will love 95% of it. And some of my favorite—I I don't know that my fate. One of my favorite songs is not "People as Places." Like I love that song. I couldn't tell you what the second verse is right now, and I've listened to it a thousand times because I just get lost. They, they take me in a place that nobody else really gets me there. And this song does the same thing. I'll come away from Blame It on the Tetons incredibly sad every time I hear it. However, reading these lyrics, there's nothing really that sad about them. No, not really. Something about the putting together of it that just destroys me. I, uh, I quote Genius.com user Owen three years ago when he commented, took the time to comment on... Good news for people who love bad news by Modest Mouse with they have good songs. And I'd love to get in Owen's ass, but I think he's got it. I think Owen summed up the experience. They just songs. have good songs. I can't tell you why they're good, but I can tell you they are good. When that when that uh sweet, sweet uh musical nectar 
enters your ear bones. Your feet just gets to tapping. And the oddity of like flat trapped in a jar is just this weird, weird thing that starts out with a guitar making a fly noise. And it, and I, maybe it's because perhaps it is because they serve a blind spot in my taste. Like there, I don't like any band like Modest Mouse. And there are, certainly there are bands like Modest Mouse. That is sure. a, a very defined genre. I don't mess with anybody else in it. It gets on my nerves. Um, but for whatever reason, Modest Mouse creeped into that. And it could be like all those things I laid out in the beginning. Like they might've just fit in a pocket and I can't, I can't get rid of that pocket because it meant something when I heard them. It represented a thing when I heard them. Um, I should like Death Cab for Cutie. I never will. <clears throat> if you uh, Google bands like Modest Mouse, uh, the following comes up. Built to Spill. I like, I like a couple Built to Spill songs. Carry the Zero is fucking amazing. The Shins. Mm -mm, do not. Cold War, Cold War Kids. Nope. Death Cab for Cutie. Nope. Arcade Fire. Yeah, couple. The Pixies. That's no. <laughs> that doesn't that doesn't fit. <laughs> and then of course the Smiths, because if you like any band, they're exactly like the Smiths. Well, I think that's probably because Johnny Marsh joined Modest Mouse later. Oh God. That, 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 the algorithm may have happened. <laughs> Neutral Milk Hotel Pavement. The the Sonic Youth. Now we're just digging. Now we're just naming bands from the Northwest. <laughs> like Port, the Portland Pick Me Ups, <laughs> the Trailblazers. <laughs> but I, I think I, I think we've captured the perfect show for a Modest Mouse song. It didn't really go a particular place. Completely disjointed. Completely disjointed. Talked, Talked about, about Weezer for a while. Mm -hmm. um, and you're leaving saying, why do I keep listening to this? But by God, you'll be back next week. Because we'll be back. Or next two weeks. Again, at intermittent. Also happens intermittently. We will. Uh, hey, speaking of, I think um, <clears throat> two weeks from now is our annual replay. Holy shit. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. I obviously we'll replay it. We'll replay it. Because it's gonna be do we need to like do commentary or do we need to like reboot the entire thing? I think, Shawnee, we're gonna have to do a complete two for Tuesday okay. super expanded Christmas special edition. Oh, wow. And we do the full replay of the first time. We listen to Christmas shoes mm -hmm. and then we listen to Christmas shoes again and Love we it. just see where it takes us. I think that's great. I'm going to, I'm going to get fired up uh, by listening to that episode. Um, but I'm also going to get fired up by listening to uh, cold dog soup. Um, the baseball episode where Creel gets super horny. Woo! The most horny. It'll be a, a rare appearance from Creel. Um, in, in the Christmas shoes episode, we're very excited. Very he's, excited. He's on the Christmas show, right? Yeah, Christmas, I, yeah, I'm pretty yeah. sure he's around for that. Oh, man. Pretty sure. So, yeah, it's going to be a Yuletide that we'll all, we're going to, look, this is, this is going to be a, a, a terrible Christmas for everyone. <laughs> um, so don't worry, gang. We're going to be here to guide you through it. Um, so if, you did, if, if this one left you feeling a little wanting, that's by design. Because we want you, we want to build it, we want to take the take it down a notch. 
And then when fucking Christmas rolls around, it's going to be a big old candy cane right up your ripe tuchus. This has been Cold Dog Soup, the mixtape.
ocean drowning With no one really to show how They might get a little